are listening to a podcast from C3 Church Wallandilly. For more episodes and information, please visit our website at c3wc.com forward slash Wallandilly or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash C3 Wallandilly. So we're in Luke chapter 1 today and we're talking uh, about the Christmas story. Did you just talk about Christmas? Did you have a Christmas? No, so this is the beginning of the Christmas theme. Okay, cool. So um, I'm going to share you Luke chapter 1, 26, verses 26 to 38, and it's Luke's version of the nativity story. And um, I don't know about you, I, I just think the Christmas story is amazing. You know, Jesus, our Saviour, he, he was born into this world. Like, he was born. He didn't just appear. I mean, he's, he's God. He could have come in any, in any way. He could have appeared. He could have, there's all sorts of ways he could have come. He would, could have turned up. But he was born of a woman into a family and they weren't perfect people they were just ordinary people and um and I guess I want to think about that a little bit today through the think about this story through the lens of of Joseph and Mary but particularly Mary and I want us just to think about them as as just like they're they're people like us they're ordinary they were ordinary people and um so let's read this let's read these scriptures and then we'll discuss this a little bit this morning so we're starting in verse 26, and it's saying, um, it's talking about uh, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. So it's been talking about Elizabeth, who was Mary's cousin, and how she, was, um, she became pregnant, um, which was a miracle as well. And so it's, telling, it's talking about that, and then we continue on with in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnant, sorry, the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month for the word of God will never fail. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And then the angel left her. So as we think about this story through the lens of Mary, you know, this, this, the angel, Gabriel, he, uh, he tells Mary in verse 30, she's found favour with God. And we don't really know any, any more than that about why Mary was chosen. Why Mary? Why Mary among all the other women that could have been chosen among all the other young Jewish girls of the time. Why Mary? We don't really know, other than she'd found favour with God. We know she was a young girl. We know that nothing could have prepared her for that moment, could it? Like, nothing could have prepared her. How could she have been prepared for that moment? Nothing could have prepared her. She was just living her normal life as a young Jewish girl in Nazareth. And this angel turns up. Imagine that, this angel Gabriel, he has a name, Gabriel. He turns up. I mean, to have an angelic visitation, like, 
That's pretty amazing. That's pretty mind-blowing. That on its own is just like crazy to me, let alone the, you know, what transpired from there and, and you know, the miracles that we see in this story and the, the work of God that we see in it. But, but I want to say to us this morning, you know, it wasn't an easy path. Yes, she had an angelic visitation and there was no doubt in her mind that that was real and that and the angel had turned up and she would have known, well, okay, I am pregnant and, and I know I'm a virgin, so this, this must be right, what he said, you know, it, it makes sense. Well, I didn't just imagine it. And then it, I'm not going to go into it today, but, in, um, but we also have the account of the angel Gabriel turning up and speaking to Joseph as well and encouraging him. And, uh, and so, you know, he had that reassurance as, as the betrothed young man to Mary that it's okay, we're, it's, we're on the right path here, you know, don't worry, um, I'm in this and, and God's in this. And so, but you know, fast forward to the trip to Bethlehem and uh, which, which, which we kind of know about, don't we, from the Nativity story. We know they had a trip to Bethlehem, we see it, we, we see it in the Nativity story, we see it in all the pictures, we sing it in the, the Christmas carols. But I've just kind of been imagining and thinking about this from a new perspective this year of a trip, you know, think about this young girl and she's, she's heavily pregnant and she takes this trip to Bethlehem with Joseph because there's a census there and Joseph's, it's Joseph's ancestral town. And so, you know, any young woman having her first baby, let alone the fact that it's a, it's, you know, she had to overcome all the issues, I, you know, we know that would have, would have, um, would the questioning and the potential judgment and the, the query around your, your, your young woman and you're, and you're pregnant, like she had to, she had to deal that with that, she had to face that, and I'm not even going to go into what that must have been like today, but we know, I'm going to jump into the story with her, you know, just going to Bethlehem with Joseph, and, and so she gives birth while she's there. And, and that, you know, and we know that, that story. They get there and, and she ends up giving birth there. And so, you know, I, I, for a young woman to be, like, away from her family and in a place where she didn't have support, she didn't have family, it was Joseph's ancestral town, but we don't, so maybe he had relatives, he, he may have had relatives there. But she, she's there and she gives birth. And, and, in, and, in, and then what follows, which is so incredible, is they don't just kind of go, oh, well, okay, this happens. Because, you know, that does happen sometimes. People give birth and... I, I, that happened to me. I gave birth on, on Oxford Falls in, in Mona Vale Hospital because I went into labour on the other side of Sydney and, you know, sometimes people go, oh, okay, the baby's coming. I wasn't... didn't get home in time, but that's fine. Babies come. But then you kind of pack up and go home, don't you? You go, okay, that happened. I'll pop back home now. Mum will be there. All my family will be there. And, you know, and they lived a life where... They live in a culture where family support, uh, external family support was, was really big. But Mary didn't have that. She had this new baby Jesus. She had, she had a new marriage. I mean, you know, what a honeymoon. Like, what a way to have a honeymoon. And did she even, did her and Joseph even like each other? You know, like, did they even get on? They were betrothed and, but like, they were kind of thrown together in the most extraordinary story of all time. And I'm, I'm thinking like, oh, you know, do they rub each other up the wrong way? Were they irritated by each other like any, you know, young, young new relationship? Or were they, like, what was that like? 
So she had Joseph and he was her support and, and he had Mary and they had one another. And, um, but it was a new home. It was a new world for them because they were now, well, they were in Bethlehem and she gives birth to the baby. But they don't go home because those of us who remember the story, we know what happened, don't we? That, um, that she wasn't able to go home because um, Herod was, you know, there was this massacre of, of, um, of innocence by, by King Herod where all male children under two in the vicinity of Bethlehem were being massacred. It's absolutely, you know, uh, devastating and distressing thing to happen and, and that was because Herod was, um, you know, Herod was, was afraid of this, of this uh, saviour being born, that he was going to rise and etc. So how distressing for this young couple knowing that their baby's life could be in danger. I mean, they've given birth to this baby, they don't have the support of family, they're not home, they're in a different place and they're not going home because it's too risky. So the only option they have is to then go to another country where they can hide out. I mean, so they're then they to become like displaced people in another country. I mean, I don't know if we think about this part of it. There they are with this little baby. She never goes home to Bethlehem. She never, sorry, she never goes home from Bethlehem back to Nazareth and, and hangs out with the fam and, and you know, has the post-baby shower because she didn't get time to have one or whatever, you know, gets all the gifts. No, no, they were just like, sorting it out on the run, going, okay, we've got to protect this baby. Um, what do we do now? And, you know, and so she's got a new marriage, a new home, a newborn. And I wonder if she was homesick. I mean, I would be. I moved from the country 700, 500 kilometres to, to Canberra when I was 17 and I was very homesick. You know, I, I used to ring my mum every day. And back in those days, STD phone calls were really expensive and, and like, it cost me a lot for my mum would ring me too. But... I missed my family. I was homesick. I was young and I was homesick. And, and, um, and so in the natural, it looked like a messy situation, didn't it? I mean, how distressing knowing that their little baby, you know, might be in danger. That would be distressing for anyone. And, and Mary was just an ordinary woman like you and me. She's like the girl next door. She didn't have anything extraordinary about her that made her able to cope with this. And what must it have been like? You know, the wondering, what, what, what the heck? What is this all about? Yes, yes, I said, I'd, yes, I agreed with this. I kind of, when the angel came, I went, okay, I, I agree. I'll, I'll accept it because she says in verse um, 38, at the end, when, after the angel's finished speaking, she says, I am the Lord's servant. As Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And the angel left her. So she, she's... And the old version, it used to say, I, I love the old, um, I think it was in the New King James, it says, let it be unto me as you have said. And I feel like there's just a, there's an openness in her heart there when she says that. There's a like, okay, let it be unto me, Lord, as you've said, as the angel has said. I, I, I don't know how this is going to look. I don't know what the future looks like. I, I, I can't fathom, I can't, I can't imagine what this is going to be like to be the one that's going to be pregnant and give birth and to be the mother of the saviour that part of it, let alone knowing that, you know, as she, as she um, you know, as she began to know what the end would be like, it was going to be distressing. He was going to be, he was going to, she was going to be the mother of Jesus and he was, and he was, it was going to be tough. He was going to be the saviour and it was an amazing thing, but it wasn't going to be an easy road. Um, 
and, um, and she's an ordinary woman. And so I, I just think the faith of Mary is incredible. And I'd love, I'd, I want to be like that. I want to be able to say, let it be, Lord, unto me, as you say, whatever it looks like, whatever, whatever this situation brings. And I want to just not have the faith at, at the moment of the promise, but I want to have the faith when I'm walking it out through the valleys and through the dark days and through the moments when you think, yeah, it all seemed okay back at the beginning when the angel turned up and it was awesome. And you were like, oh, yes, Lord, yes, I'm up for it. Whatever you say, yeah, Jesus, praise the Lord, you know. And she goes up, visits her, her cousin Mary, which is amazing, and they have this hanging out and talking about the miracle and how great it is, and they have that's their highlight moment. And then she's got to walk it out, hasn't she? And we've got to walk out what God's given us to do. We've got to walk it out through the days where it's not the fun part, where it's like, are you serious? Now I'm going to... Now I've got to be a displaced person in another country, in Egypt. I'm a young Jewish person. What am I want to, I've got nothing. Egypt, there's no, like it's not, it's, it's another country. It's a long, it's a world away from what it was like to be in Israel for those guys. And, and so I feel like through the story, God's showing us, you know, that he can and does give ordinary people big, incredible things to do on this earth because we're his plan we're plan A. The church is the plan. There's no another way that Jesus is going to come and, and show himself to this earth. He, he came as a man and he showed us that he, you, can, you can live as a person filled with the Spirit of God on this earth. And, and he's like, oh, I'm just going to use you guys. I, I'm just going to put, the Spirit's going to come into you and I'm going to use you. So that's it. Like, that's the plan. So we've got in us, and we learnt this in Ephesians, didn't we? We've got in us the same Spirit that brought that rose Jesus from the dead. That's what we have in us. And so, you know, I wonder, like if Mary and Joseph, they must have had moments of struggle with confusion, with feeling overwhelmed by the situation, the uncertainty of their future. And, you know, what soul-searching did they have to be able to do? Was there moments where they didn't really trust God? Was there moments they really doubted and thought, God, I don't know if you're with me right now. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure. You know, they must have said, I wonder if Mary said at times, you know, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get through? I don't understand. This wasn't my plan. If you thought back to being a young woman and thought, this wasn't my plan. I saw myself marrying Joseph. We were just going to live locally. We were going to have a nice family. The kids are going to hang out with their cousins. And, you know, it was all going to be happy in Nazareth. Like, I didn't see myself doing this, having this different path to walk. But it's walking through it, isn't it, with the promise in your heart, but needing to stand on that promise. And with everything in us, um, the natural, in the natural, um, I don't know about you, but I, I think there's times when we just want to opt out. We're just like, oh, this is too, this is not, this is too hard. Like, I, I want to, and I feel like God, te you know, allows testing for us. Where we, where we will get to that point, I feel like you almost have to get to that point in a, in a, in, where when it calls you to something, you almost have to get to that point where you're like, I think I might opt out before, and then decide to not opt out, and that's part of the test. You have to get to right to the edge. I don't know, maybe that's just like, I'm not a faith person or something, but I, I just feel like that, but that's honest, isn't it? I mean, and you can see that right through the Bible. You can see that with so many people through the Bible. It's not just not just me lacking faith. You can actually see it through the Bible. All the Bible greats, you can see moments of their doubt and they're like, oh, I don't want to do this. 
how can I get out of it? What, what do I do? Where's the exit? You know, where do I escape? Where's the escape pod or whatever it is, you know, in sci-fi? And, um, and so I was thinking about, you know, you gotta, we've got to hold firm. Like, we've got to hold it, haven't we? We've got to hold firm and go, I am not giving up. I am going to walk this through. I'm going to carry it through. It's inconvenient. It's uncomfortable. It's not easy, but I'm going to walk it through. And I... And I, I was thinking about Kenny Rogers, and I don't know if I've lost half the crowd here, but I was thinking, and my kids said, Mum, this is about gambling, you should not say this, but, you know, you've got to know when to hold and when to fold and when to walk away, no, you know, that, you know, the gambler. So, but, you know, I've been seeing that in my head going, I've got to know when to hold and when to fold, and, it's, and I want to say to you, don't fold too quickly. Don't fold too quickly when the tough, when the... When the when the things of life uh, look challenging, hold. Because, you know, we have more in us than what we realise. So stand firm, church. Stand firm. You were made for this. You were made for this. It's not meant to look easy. It's not meant to look easy, but surrender. Have a surrendered will like Mary. And, you know, like, like she said, I'm your servant. Let everything you've said happen. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it if you're in it, Lord. I said this to someone the other day and I was like, how are you, you know, how are you coping with this? How are you doing this? Whatever, whatever. And I was just like, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be coping. I wouldn't be doing if I didn't know that God was with me in this. But when I know that he's with me, I can. I can. You can. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We might not comprehend it all or fully, um, you know, it won't, it, it, or fully understand it. it, it won't look perfect. It might be a, we, we will falter and we'll doubt and we'll, we might struggle in it. But, oh, man, I'm thankful for this young couple. They stayed the course. They held their ground. They faithfully protected this little one and they raised Jesus. And it might not have been in their plan, uh, but they were open to God's direction. And let's, um, you know, take, take comfort that in every faith journey, you know, like I said, there's testing. It's not easy to walk in faith. You know, we learnt that in Ephesians as well, that whole, we've got to put on, we've got to make a decision to act because our default will be to, um, you know, back to, the, back to our own nature and our own thinking and our, and our own mindsets of the flesh. But we can put on the things that God says to put on. We can put on love. We can put on grace. We can put on peace. We can put on these things. And God will, like, it's, it's a partnership. We put on, we take a step and say, I choose to put that on. And we see this, we saw this in Ephesians 6, and we were talking about the, the armour of God, that whole sense of it's like putting on your military, you know, garb. It's like, put it on. But as we, as we choose to put it on, it's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that comes in and, and works in us. And so God's plan's always been to use us, just to use ordinary people, not the most talented, gifted. Not that I'm saying you guys aren't talented and gifted. You're very talented and gifted. But not the most influential in society, you know, not the most devout. Like he could have, he, you know, he, he didn't come through the, the religious um, group organisations of the day. He came through ordinary, um, humble people. Because the religious system of the day was, well, he, he, he chose, this is how he chose to come. He chose to come through a humble young woman. And so if you're called, he will give you an enabling. You can do it. Ordinary people, the boy next door, the girl next door, us. And, um, 
And testing, you know, might endure, but I don't want you to worry about the testing. I want you to know God's producing in the testing. And he's making something amazing in your life. When, you, when I'm feeling like I'm, un, I'm, I'm being tested, when I'm feeling like things are, are, are hard, I keep, I say to myself, you know, I, I, this is, I'm holding on to you, Lord, and I'm going deeper in you, and I'm choosing to work this, this situation um, for good in my life, in strengthening my faith. You know, so it's how, it's how you, it's how you, your take on the time of testing. It doesn't mean it's not tough. It doesn't mean you can't cry out in frustration at times, and I've done that. Um, someone, uh, a lady in a, a church uh, in Camden who, you know, is just amazing. She prays for us, and some of you pray for us as well. And Marie's amazing at praying and and um, sometimes when I've had situations that I, I don't want to share it to the whole world, but I just want a few people to... I know I, I, want, I want prayer. Like, I want some prayer support. And I'll just message a few people. And this lady in the church in Camden, I, I, um, she sent me this verse the other day. at Psalm 34, 19. It's many, of the, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. And I've been thinking about that, uh, you know... And I'm like, many, oh, that's a bit negative. Many of the afflictions of the righteous. It's it's a bit tough. It's, but the Lord delivers us. So when I'm like, oh, this is a bit, this feels a bit tough. This feels like an affliction. I'm like, the Lord delivers us. The Lord is going to deliver me. It might feel tough. It might feel like an affliction. The Lord will deliver me. And I just got to hold on. I got to walk it out. I got to keep holding on. And uh, so I'm going to finish now just um, by mentioning uh, verse 28. Band, you can come up if you like, guys. Um, you know, in verse 28, when, when Gabriel, Gabriel, the angel, Gabriel appeared, he said, Greetings, back to the very beginning, he said, Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. And I just want to finish by saying, You are favoured. There was nothing incredibly special about Mary. Uh, she was a she was a, a young woman who was humble, who, who was God fearing. But she was she was an ordinary woman, but she was favoured. And you're favoured. You're a son and daughter. So let him do amazing things through you. And the other part of that verse is is um, the Lord is with you. He says, Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you to walk through with you what he has called you to. He's with you. You're favoured and he's with you. Nothing special about any of these people in the Bible. They're ordinary people, but they were willing and and uh, the Lord was with them. He's with you. He's with us. Why don't you stand to your feet? I'm just going to pray as we finish. Lord, I thank you that you are with us, that there is nothing impossible with you. Lord, there's so much hope in that for us. We don't have to look at our future and think about our tomorrow and and be overwhelmed with worry or despair or or, or something that you might have, you know, given us to do, put on our heart to do or given us a sense of or inclination of that that you want us to, to do that we might think, oh, it's too hard, I can't, Lord. But I just thank you that in you all things are possible and, and we, we are your plan. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you want to work in us and through us and in your enabling, nothing will be too difficult. And I just thank you that in this very room is 
uh, in, in each of us is the potential for miracles, the potential for life transformation. Lord, there's no, that, 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 uh, tell, show us today that there's no lack, but there is provision because you say that our cup overflows. And so, Lord, remind us today that you are enough, that you have all we need. And in the areas where we struggle, where we suffer, where we, we don't understand, Lord, help us to come to you, to come before you humbly and to, to talk to you about it and to invite you in to every part of our life, to every part of our world. And if you're here today and you're thinking, well, I don't really, you know, I, I don't really have that uh, relationship with Jesus that you've been talking about. I, I can't really um, humble myself before him. I can't really ask him to help me when I'm struggling because I don't, I don't really know that I trust him. I don't really know who he is in my life. I, I want to say to you today, you can have that by just opening your heart to him and, and accepting him and, um, and he'll come into your life and just, you know, in, in a moment and your life will be transformed and it'll never be the same and you might be, um, you know, watching online and you might be, you know, watching this service today and, and feeling like, you know, you, you, you want to respond to that. You want to know Jesus. You want something in this. Today's made you go, I want to know Jesus. I want to know him. I want to be able to be someone who can put my trust in him, who can, put, who can lay my cares at his feet. And so we're just going to pray a prayer together. We're all going to pray it together. I think we're going to put it up on the screen. And uh, it'll be on the screen if you're watching at home. And we're going to pray this commitment prayer together and, and, um, and commit our lives to him afresh today and have relationship with him and you'll never be the same if you have this. Lord Jesus, I'm praying to you now because I know I need you in my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. I repent of my sins and turn to God. I ask you to come into my life and reveal yourself to me. I want to follow you from this day forward. I want to be a Christian. Amen. Amen what we would love for every one of us to have him in our lives. We want him to be in your, you might already be a Christian, but let him be in your life. Let him be in your life more and more every day. Amen. And if you pray that and if you, you might not know the Lord, you might want to commit to him today. You might have prayed that prayer for the first time today. Come and talk to us. You might have prayed that prayer and you've prayed it lots of times before, but you feel like it's a turning point for you today. Come and let us know. We want you to move forward with God in a new way over this Christmas season. Amen. I'm going to hand back to the band now and they're going to finish with a Christmas carol. Thanks for listening today. For more episodes and information, please visit our website at c3wc.com forward slash Wallandilly or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash c3wallandilly.